A reading from Genesis 26, verses 12 through 18. And Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. The Lord blessed him, and the man became rich and gained more and more until he became very wealthy. He had possessions of flocks and herds and many servants, so that the Philistines envied him. Now the Philistines had stopped and filled with earth all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. And Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us, for you are much mightier than we. So Isaac departed from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar and settled there. And Isaac dug again the wells of water that had been dug in the days of Abraham, his father, which the Philistines had stopped after the death of Abraham. And he gave them the names that his father had given them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Mark Pate is a member of our congregation, and he did mission work in Kosovo shortly after the war. And he told me this story once, I've never forgot it. He drove from village to village, handing out Bibles and praying for people. And the months after the conflict, uh, everybody stayed kind of in famine and in hunger, and it just kept going. And so Mark asked one of the villagers, what's going on here? And he said, well, we get our water from wells, and uh, when the enemy came through, uh, killed all our cattle, stuffed them in the wells, and then poisoned them. Uh, and so the, we can't get any water, nobody can live here anymore. And it's, uh, it's an ancient practice uh, of warfare, plugging up and poisoning wells, because a region's water supply is the key to life. And we see that practice in this story in Genesis 26, uh, we're in Gerar, which is in south-central uh, Israel, very dry and arid land, and uh, a water supply is the key to life. You can't stay there if you can't get water. And so the enemy would come in, and if he could plug up your well, it would mean that even if you won the war, you couldn't stay in the land. It was dead. So. Now the Philistines had stopped and filled with earth all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham's father. So Isaac's enemies don't want him to flourish in the land, so they stop up his well. Water in the Bible is a symbol of renewal, of life, of spirit. Jesus tells the woman at the well, the water that I will give you will become in you a spring of water welling up into eternal life. And then when the crowds gather at the temple for a feast day, Jesus says, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And he was likely thinking of uh, this vision in Ezekiel 47 where there's a great temple and out of the great temple this river flows 
And the farther it flows, the wider and deeper it gets, the purer the water gets, the more fruit-bearing trees appear on its side. And this, the vision ends with saying that there'll be healing to the nations. Now in the New Testament, of course, believers are the temple. And so the idea is, is that we are to be so closely um, nourished by the Holy Spirit, to drink from the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, so that the river of life flows in and through us towards the world to bring healing and blessing. We are like wells, but we also have an enemy who does not want us to be nourished in the spirit and who does not want the river of life to flow out into the world. And so he plugs it up. And one of the things I ask you to think about this Lent is what is plugging up my well? Over the course of a year, a lot of things can happen um, that can plug up our wells. Uh, what are some of the ways the enemy plugs up our wells? Um, broken relationships, uh, chronic pain, financial worry, shame, disappointment, sickness, trauma, troubling faith questions, overexposure to media, unresolved pain that leads to bitterness or cynicism, moral and spiritual exhaustion, aging, criticism, false accusation, gossip, idolatry, loneliness, twisting, distorting and numbing pure desires, isolation. So this Lent, and even beginning today, I want you to just step back. Uh, I actually drew a well in, in my journal and just said, Lord, what's clogging up my, my well? Lynn is a good time to ask that question. Well, Isaac knows that he can't live long in a land where the wells are clogged. And, and so we read, And Isaac dug again the wells of water, which had been stopped up. And so there are ways in which we can unplug our wells spiritually. You know, we might call those the spiritual practices or the spiritual disciplines. Um, and they can be broad and varied. Rest. Sometimes uh, rest is the most spiritual thing you can do. Uh, retreat. Uh, hiking. A good devotional. Relaxed times in the word and prayer. A weekly conversation with a spiritual friend. Healing prayer. A good book. A good podcast series, a small group, worship, listening to the works of a favorite artist, writing a poem, prophetic prayer, dream work, resting from media, seeing a counselor, serving vulnerable members of the neighborhood, confession, asking forgiveness, forgiving yourself. Seeking forgiveness. There's a little portion to the story that we didn't put in the, the bulletin that's kind of quirky and I hadn't really noticed it, but 
After he digs the well, uh, the herdsmen of Gerar come and argue with him and say, now that you've dug that, we think it's ours. And so uh, Isaac gives it to him, and uh, he, he gives him a name. He calls it the well of contention. <laughs> and then they go redig another well, and the herdsmen say, actually, that's ours. And so he says, uh, I'll call this one Strife. And then he goes way on the other side of the valley, and he digs another well, and uh, they don't bother him in that one. And he calls that one Rehoboth. And Rehoboth means broad space or an open way. And so the idea is that now he is in a place where he has enough water and enough land to thrive and to flourish. And as I was thinking about that, and I know we're, we're playing with a metaphor here, but I think scripture allows us to do that. Sometimes the old wells uh, don't nourish us anymore. That's one of the interesting and sometimes confusing things about the spiritual life. Sometimes a spiritual practice, a spiritual resource that just was everything, for some reason it just becomes dry for a while. And so you have to dig new wells. You have to uh, dig down and, and maybe explore different ways of connecting with God than some of the ways that were working in the past. And to kind of push the metaphor all the way, if you insist, no, it's got to look like that. I've been there before. I know there's water there. And you keep forcing, forcing, forcing. Sometimes there can be contention and strife. And sometimes God says, no, it's time for a new well. We're going to go move over here and put our well down here. So these past couple of years have been years where there's a lot of debris that's fallen into most of our wells. So it's a good time to kind of step back and think about that. And so this year on your purple card, I want you to just start to think about two questions. One, what's in your well? Uh, what has plogged your well up? And then two, what can I do to unclog my well during Lent. What is in my well and what can I do to unclog my well during Lent? And start thinking about it today, but then take the rest of this week. We'll start a series of sermons on spiritual renewal Sunday. Maybe just think about this question a little bit more. Just take a few moments of quiet to, to prepare your Lenten commitment. And then we'll receive ashes. you pray with me as we prepare to receive ashes. Almighty God, you have created us out of the dust of the earth. Grant that these ashes may be for us a sign of our mortality and a sign of our penitence, that we may remember that it is by your grace alone that we receive the gift of eternal life in Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Amen.